Hey everyone, welcome to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. We are now actually into our 12th episode and our third brewery interview today. Um, so we have an awesome episode for you today as we get to sit down with both Jen Brown and Chris McCleary from Handmap Brewing, which have set up their brewery in downtown Battle Creek. I'm going to hit you with a quick new brew segment here and then we'll get right into the interview portion. So let's lead this off with Aberrant Ales. They have a new beer called With Her. And this beer is light and crispy and has sweet tangerine notes with a nutty oat finish. It's a beer made in collab with the members of the Aberrant crew and several other breweries across the state to support International Women's Collaborative Brew Day. Kicking It With My Peeps is a new beer by Albert. Uh, this is a stout that is brewed with coconibs, lactose, and you guessed it, Peeps Marshmallow. Spring Dream is a new beer by Alma, which is a cream ale brewed with vanilla and tangerine. Thick Anti-Seltzer is a new beer by Ascension. This one they are calling Nearly Nude. This one is a fruited heart seltzer with guava, mango, strawberry, peach, and apple. And this one is gluten-free, lactose-free, and vegan. Their next one is Geotite, which is an IPA using their new IPA base. And this one's dry hopped with Citra, Cashmere, and Galaxy Hops. Hefeweizen is the last new beer by Ascension. Uh, This is a 5% Hefeweizen uh, that they have on tap now for you. Shiny Dog from Brew Detroit is a Kolsch that was brewed in honor of National Pet Day. So you dog and cat lovers, you can get out and try this new Kolsch by Brew Detroit. Unicorn Cowboy Hazy White IPA by By George is a new IPA using a Belgian wit beer grain bill, which uses two-row red wheat, white wheat, and flaked oats, and then hopped like an IPA. Cadillac Straits has three new beers, first one being 42 Shades of Earl, which is an English bitter beer at 4.8% aged on Earl Grey tea. Share Bear is their cherry cider that just came out, 6.5% semi-sweet cider aged on sweet cherries. Say semi-sweet cider 10 times fast. Glowing Tarts is the last new beer by Cadillac Straits, which is a sour wheat uh, brewed with mango and pineapple at 5.8%. Draft Horse has an uh, Imperial IPA that's called This Is Permanent. This is a 9.4 uh, doozy hopped with Sriracha Ace Galaxy and Pacifica. Railtown Brewing has a new beer called No Mood to Bake, which is an oatmeal stout, uh, which has a Roman flavor, that of fresh baked, no, I guess it wouldn't be baked, fresh no-baked cookies. Um, So any no-baked cookies lovers, you're going to like this beer. Stonehound up in northern Michigan, they have three new beers. The first one is called the Land's End Dark Mild Ale. They have an Arbutus Triangle Hoppy Lager. They have a Tingling Bits Double IPA, which is brewed with passion fruit, pineapple, and grapefruit at 10.4%. And then Holmes Brewing out in Ann Arbor, they have two new beers called Spray, which is an IPA at 7.6%, double dry hopped with Galaxy, Columbus, and Moteca. And then last but not least, Drift is a double IPA uh, brewed in collab with Alvarado Street Brewing out in Salinas, California. And that'll do it for new brews. Um, you know, like I said, I'll try and update the uh, the website as much as I can with you know pictures of these beers and, and uh, cool little tidbits about these. So you can check out michiganbeerpursuit.com and look more into new brews. And I'll update it that every week. Uh, to kind of uh, companion our, our weekly podcast. So let's get into our interview with HandMap. Uh, now, keep in mind, we did have our masks on through the duration of this interview, um, you know, for the safety of our, our guests, and, and we did it in a public place, so we want to make sure we were doing that uh, the right way. So that's why the sound is going to be a little bit muffled. Um, and we also did the interview while the brewery is open. So you'll hear some people walking around, moving stools around and talking, which hopefully just adds a cool touch to to the interview um, and adds more of a, a cool like atmosphere to it. So without further ado, uh, let's grab a beer and, and settle in and, and let's rip. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm here with my co-host, Justin. What's up? And we are joined by HandMap's own Jen Brown and Chris McCleary. How you guys doing? Good. Great. Guys. Thanks so much for having us. Um, you know, you guys are the, the co-owners here at HandMap um, in Serial City, 15 Carlisle Street, Battle Creek. So give us a quick, you know, rundown of the different roles you guys have here at the, at the brewery. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of hats to be worn in a brewery. Uh, and currently we have a pretty small staff um, based on and I don't know that it's all COVID related, but I think based on the climate that we're in right now that we probably have to do more uh, than what we would maybe if we hadn't experienced this. But, you know, I think we all kind of try to do um, 
things to help each other out. So some days I'm, you know, the brewer and some days I'm the tap room cleaner. And sometimes I'm, you know, picking up propane for outdoor sales or whatever, but we, we do a lot of different things. And, um, I think Jenny can vouch for that. She's, you know, the financial person, she runs the business and tap room side. And, um, she also is cleaning bathrooms currently. So (laughs) (laughs) on the main bathroom cleaner, but yeah, primarily Chris runs the brewing operations and all brewing. And I do the business finance um, and generally tap room. We kind of share in that. Um, but yeah, like he said, with being such a small team, we find ourselves doing, you know, a, a little bit of everything. A lot of hats to wear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jen, what's something people might not know about the behind the scenes, maybe like number side of a, a brewery, maybe like a weird fact? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like some weird, something weird maybe you guys found out like, well, starting I, 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 can, I can tell you one. I mean, okay. just might help, her, <laughs> might help her out because I, it was hard for me to believe. But I think a lot of people, especially in, in, in the area that we're in, you know, it's usually kind of a one-stop shop. So beer and food, that's kind of expected. Or maybe the thought is, is that, you know, well, if you have beer, why don't you have food? And I think what we find is um, we want to be a brewery. We don't want to be a restaurant. Yeah, and I think that when we have tried to, you know, accommodate, oh, whether yeah. it be bringing people in to like do like a, a co-shared space where we have like our brewery and we bring in a, like a taco business or something like that, what we found is is that we actually make less money. Okay, be- wow. Because once people start eating, they generally quit drinking. Yeah, and we want people to come here to enjoy the beer and for them to know us for the beer we make and not necessarily for the food side of things. So yeah, I think that was something. Yeah, that's a good that's one. Probably yeah. the, the biggest one is, is that you can, uh, I, I, we talked about all the time. She's like, actually, if you look at the numbers, we make less money. So yeah. that makes yeah. sense though. Cause if I'm drinking, as soon as I eat, I like I'm out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. nap time or like it's, I'm just done drinking or yeah. I go to like cocktails or something like that. But, and it, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like one of my criterias of like looking up a new brewery or where to go is if it's like a food centric brewery, I'll be like, uh, maybe not right now, you know, but I always like to go to a brewery for their beer. You know, I don't want to have to worry about the food, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously having food is obviously great, sure. yeah. but sure. it's, but like I go to a brewery to experience the beer and you know, and my theory is like, if it's food first, then the, you know, I, I want the beer to be priority. I feel like when I go as a consumer and so, you know, I, I really like that approach, you know, definitely beer first. Yeah, that's, <laughs> It's a brewery. That's, that's probably been the toughest thing is trying to sell that to people. You know, where we're in Chicago, none of the breweries had food. I, I shouldn't say none, very few had food. Um, but obviously there's a lot more options. So. We're yeah. trying to stay true to what we really believe in. We're not food people. We love food, but we don't want to run a restaurant. We don't want to make food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really lucky to partner with uh, Kitchen Proper down the street. They make some great beer bar snacks. Oh, that's awesome. For okay. us. So we have some things to offer. But, yeah, we mainly, you know, we just want to focus on the beer. And, and once we can, we've been having entertainment. That's another big focus for us, too. We want to be a beer and entertainment venue. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <clears throat> Makes sense. So we're going to do a little time warp here. And uh, <laughs> go to the back, you know, kind of like your guys' background. So you guys both grew up in Battle Creek. Yes. Went to Harper Creek High School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you guys know each other in high school? Yes. Yes. And so yeah. did <laughs> where's the where's the name Christmas Larry come from? Was that a high was that high school? Or was that pre high no. school? That's, that's, <laughs> it was like a a uh, just kind of one of those things that happened, and I. I guess I didn't even say anything about it when it happened. It took a few weeks for it to sink in. And then I was explaining this, how this came about to some friends and uh, thinking that they would just be like, really? Like, that's what he said? And then it would be done. But it just didn't work out that way. And it's really the long and short of that is is that I, I had been working with a guy to survey our property. And he... And I had been playing phone tag and I left a couple messages and then he showed up on a Friday and it was four o'clock, you know, or five o'clock in the afternoon. And I asked the guy, I said, Hey, you want a beer? You know, we were just going to walk the property lines. He was going to show me where things were at. And, and somewhere in that he, he's like, Hey, I got to ask you a question. He's like, did you, did you leave a message this week saying you was Christmas Larry? 
<laughs> is that some funny shit? And I go, no, no. I started to say, no, it's Chris McCleary. Like, that's an obvious thing. It's, it's, not, it's not that hard to figure out. Like, but then I just didn't say anything. And I, I thought, well, you know, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, really? And then I told some other people that, and then it just never went away. Yeah. It yeah. just snowballed from that's there. It just yeah. snowballed from there. So now I'm Christmas Larry. But, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's a fun little play on, on my name, I guess, so. <laughs> yeah, it could be much worse. Could be much worse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So after high school, you guys kind of go, you know, separate ways. Chris, you're working at Southern Graphics yep. Systems for a bit, right? Yeah. And then Jenner CPA for uh, Sports Tech mm-hmm. company out in Chicago. Were you in kind of in the Chicago area? No, no. I worked right down the road here for, oh, okay. for okay. like 25 years for the same place. And okay. Um, you know, it really just was circumstantial that the the company was being you know consolidated and probably could have went and moved on and continued doing what I was doing. And I just was burnt out. You know, I didn't want to do it anymore and I didn't want to move. Um, so I decided that I was going to do something different. Yeah. So I went towards my passion instead of what was probably making the most sense. (laughs) And uh, here we are. So, so you guys reunite at a high school reunion. Can you kind of tell us how that happened? You guys remember details of that night and stuff? Yeah, so I came home. I, w- I had been in Chicago. I moved there in like 93. I'd been there and uh, came home for the reunion and we ran into each other. And Yeah, we didn't really hang out in school. <laughs> so we didn't have much to talk about at the reunion either. <laughs> so uh, somebody offered a shot. Hey, would you like to do a shot? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do a shot. And so uh, that's kind of how, there we, here we are. You know? Yeah, <laughs> nice, that's cool. That's so, what here. Awesome. <laughs> So then we'll fast forward a little bit to where you guys are both living in Chicago. And is that where the homebrewing for you started or had that started prior to that? Um, so I was homebrewing as much as I could get my hands on things pretty much um, in my late 20s. Um, and then I kind of got, you know, I'd go in and out of it. You know, it's kind of uh, one of those things that's and if you you know, you're doing it yourself. And so, you know, it's like, if you've got a system that's super functional and super easy, you do it more. Yeah. And so I was doing it when I had time, picking up uh, things in Kalamazoo at Bells and, you know, other places and and making a batch of beer here and there. And then um, I kept telling Jenny, I was like, you know, one of these days I'm gonna build me this cool brewing system. And I think she got tired of hearing about it. And she's (laughs) like, well, why don't you quit talking about it and just do it? So I, I did, I built the, the system that I trained myself on basically. And then at that point, um, I ended up in Chicago because once I left my job, I was like, I need to figure out if I'm going to do this on a larger scale. If I, if I really like it enough to do it, mm-hmm. so I went to work at Goose Island. Um, and really that's truly where, you know, I, I was introduced to some really great folks, some great brewers and really learned how to make beer the way that it should be made so yeah how did how did that job come about was it something you found like it was posted or um yeah i mean i was looking i had done a a, a, uh like a contract job for a company out uh in new bedford uh, massachusetts and then um it was it was basically you know um just just a year long commitment and then uh, I was looking to, to enter the industry and I, you know, I had kind of looked before, but it was, it was tough to get into if you haven't been into it, you weren't formally trained or, but I happened to have the, the, the welding background that I have. And that's something that's, you know, commonly used in the industry. And so um, I noticed there was an ad for a, a brewer at Goose Island and I, sent my resume and the brewmaster called me and said, Hey, can you really do all this stuff on your resume? Cause this is a lot of, you know, there's a yeah. lot of things that cross uh, lines with things that you do in brewing. And uh, they hired me with the idea that I would be brewing and then helping them fix some things uh, on their sanitary side, um, jumpers and whatever stainless parts that need to be fixed periodically. Um, and so, that's how I got my foot in the door. And then I just basically, uh, you know, stayed at goose until, you know, we started the project and then came home. So, yeah, that was, that was one of my questions is how, you know, did you have to work up from, you know, a keg washer to, you know, this or that, (laughs) but that's sweet that you were able to come in 
No, it's funny. To a brewing position. It, yeah, it's funny because, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I refer to, to that experience as being, like I always said, man, that was like going from the minor league or from the little leagues to the major leagues. Um, yeah. Uh, but I got hired in as a brewer, and I was, I was brewing. Um, mostly what I did there was cellaring work, um, which, you know, that's really where the beer is made is in the cellar. Uh, and it took some time to figure out how they did it, but I had a 25 years plus of manufacturing experience. So, I mean, it's, it's very easy f to like translate that once you figure out the, the processes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a challenge without a doubt. I was the oldest guy that worked at the brewery as far as a brewer goes. Okay. Uh, the guy that trained me when I went there was 27 and I was 40. Or he was, we were like 20 years apart. Yeah. Oh, wow. like, yeah. So it's, it's just, um, it was a really good experience. Uh, and if I was a younger person, I'd probably still be there. Um, but quite honestly, it's very physical. And uh, um, I met a lot of great people there. I have a lot of good friends. And um, I really cherish that experience. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, that sounds epic. So, you know, with your, with your home brewing, do you, do you remember your first batch that you ever made? I do. I do. And, you know, um, we made a lot of really bad beer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have know, to. It's a, it's a, it is a learning process mm -hmm. and trying to figure out. And I think more understanding why doesn't this taste like the beer that I drink that I like? And then figuring out why it doesn't taste the way it tastes or why it doesn't taste the way it should taste. And then learning through that and then making another batch. And so... You end up drinking a lot of bad beer before you get <laughs> yeah. to the good beer. Yes, I remember that. And it was a super simple, um, you know, recipe. I probably, I, and I don't remember, like, how I came up with the recipe or whatever. But it was, you know, it was something simple. I mean, it was started out with, like, Brewer's Best stuff. And then it went into, like, you know, me making my own all-grain recipes with basically, you know, a standard uh, old-school IPA recipe with, like, two-row and C60 and, you know, some Centennial or Cascade or, you know, something to that uh, yeah. effect. And then, um, you know, taking those grains and, and making this work and then totally screwing it up in the cellar process <laughs> uh, and drinking and still drinking it because, you know, you, you work so hard to make it. You don't want to waste it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't going to kill yeah. you, but it just yeah. didn't taste that great. It's still beer, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I got to imagine it's better than the beer that they made even years and years yeah. before yeah. that, right? Which, yeah, absolutely. Just open barrels. Jen, what was your thoughts on, like, A, just Chris homebrewing and was there, like, a favorite batch or even, like, a batch where you kind of, like, you taste and you're like, all right, I think... Like we're we're catching on to something. I think we're on to something here. He's got something. Yeah. yeah, you know when he after he built his um, brew system at home um, down in our we had a little brewery in our basement called Holidays um, set up. It was like a mini production brewery, but in our basement. Um, but he came up with the Raya Sunshine recipe, which is our flagship IPA wow, here, yeah. um, wow. and he's been brewing that for years, and that's my absolute favorite. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. One there. So how long did it take you to develop that? Honestly, it was, I just, you know, I think I got better at researching things and just figuring out like the, everything that's in that recipe, every grain that's in there has a purpose. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I kind of changed my brewing approach based off of the philosophy that I wanted to like make sure that if I put something in there, it did something. Okay. Uh, and I think that's how I build recipes today. Yeah, I mean, that's for the a most great part. mindset. That's really so cool. That, that pretty much sums that up. And I just happened, I guess I just happened to get lucky with that one because yeah. <laughs> um, in a sense of all those ingredients work really well together. They're very complex and add a lot of depth to that beer. Um, it's not a typical um, method for bittering that I feel like a lot of brewers use. It's, it's a little different thought process. Um, that beer um, is uh, bittered primarily with Amarillo hops, which is a middle of the road alpha acid. And it's, yeah. It's, okay. um, but it, it lends something to that, that flavor profile that I don't think you get if you bitter and then do late, like late hops additions with that. You, you miss some of that. And you can see that as you drink through the beer, I think from freshness to where it's like starting to decline. 
Um, and I always say, fortunately for me, I really like grapefruit and I really like pine because it starts <laughs> out super grapefruity and then after a couple months it goes right to like kind of pine. Okay. But, um, but it's it, both of those, um, I don't know, approaches I think is, is kind of how I, I get to where I'm looking that's, to get to. That's awesome. That's really cool. So what was the deciding factor then to move um, from Chicago back home here to, to Battle Creek and make that leap? Uh, well, we... You know, we had talked for years about, <clears throat> excuse me, about opening a brewery. Um, and that was before Chris went to Goose Island. We were talking about opening a brewery. Okay. And, um, we, you know, we had beers on tap at home and we'd have all our friends come over and they would drink the beer and said it was great, but it's a little nerve wracking, really. You know, like you'd, you'd take your beer around and have people try it or you do think it's a, you know, it's a personal thing when you make, make the beer. Um, so we had decided you know, we for sure wanted to do it, but then Chris was like, I like he said, he's like he really wanted to get some professional experience. Okay. To make sure, so he came to Chicago, was brewing there, and you know we were able to share our beer, his beer he made at home, at Goose Island too. He was able to oh, come cool. in and get opinions, and then a lot of the guys, the brewers, would come to Michigan to see us and drink the beer, and I think it helped build some confidence that yeah, you know, this is, this is good, good stuff. Um, and then. You know, we were just looking for a place. We knew we wanted to move home. Um, Chris's kids are here. Our families are here. Um, we wanted to be back home where our friends and family were to do this. So it was just a matter of finding a space to do it. Um, yeah. And then this came up, and we started to move forward with it and yeah. ended up back here. It's a great space. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that, this is a, awesome. It's a cool old building. For it sure. really is. This is what? It's over... 100 118 118 years yeah, now 119 wow. years old that's yeah. cool i yeah. actually got some crazy history on it um <laughs> that i found it was built in 1902 as record printing and box company mm-hmm. and they had 150 workers and they were running a press 22 hours a day wow and then they did other things from like producing goods for world war one um it was a warehouse and sales office for herman typewriters and then it got donated in 2000 and that's when I think it was Restore 269, kind of took it over after that, probably four or five years ago or something, and mm-hmm. that's when they made the, the upstairs, the, uh, what is it called, the record loft? Yes. The record box yep. loft, yeah, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys have a name for the brewery? Which kind of came first, the name of the brewery and the concept <laughs> or the location? So, well, we had a name. Um, it was Holidays Brewing. That was our brewery at home. If oh, you nice. look okay. actually over in this corner of yeah, our brewery, yeah, we actually looked at that earlier. <laughs> that's tribute to our basement. That's every our <laughs> furniture cool. that was down there. Kind of, you know, our stuff on the walls. So cool. It does um, have like a cool like basement vibe. You know, it's really <laughs> it's, cool. It is funny. It looks different than the rest of the the space. People are like, "What's that over there?" Um, so we were going to be Holidays Brewing. That was the name. You know, it was kind of like every day is a holiday. Celebrate life. That was okay. kind of our our brand and what we truly how we felt um so when we started this project we set up you know our llc was holidays our banks our leases our loans everything was in holidays well then we didn't get the trademark there was another a distillery i think in missouri that had it was a similar name it was a family name holiday um, distilling so we went down the road trying to do concurrent use with them and work things out and it just was got too expensive and there were going to be some restrictions so we for months just spent couldn't think of a name everything's taken <laughs> so i mean between all the beer names and all of the breweries around now it's really yeah. hard to find a name so we were making names up it was taken so we had decided at one point we'll just be battle creek beer company or something like that because mm-hmm. you can't trademark a city yeah and then we were at Goose Island one night after work, and a friend of ours who worked with Chris, his dad was there, and he asked where we were from in Michigan, and I, you know, I pulled out my hand and pointed to my man, <laughs> my hand, and he said something like, oh, you guys from Michigan, and we said, yeah, well, you pull out the hand map, and Chris was like, that's it, that's it, that's, <laughs> that's the cool. name, and yeah. we went that out, was, and then. That was uh, interesting because, you know, um, you know we, were, we were making up names, like making up anything that yeah. you know, and, and, we were using extinct words. Yeah, like, <laughs> and you know, not, nothing really felt like it fit. And quite honestly, you really can't find many names um, that fit that aren't already trademarked. Yeah. So, luckily for us, um, you know, that had none. 
Yeah. It had, so. I mean, it had one and it was dead. Yeah. And so now we have the only hand map trademark. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's which cool. is really weird um, because you think more people would be, I mean, I know we have Mitten and we have other, but hand map is everybody does that. You yeah. Know, right. From Michigan. Yeah, they, at some point they're like, well, you know, if, especially if you're from Michigan, because yeah. even there's a lot in Michigan that Michiganders don't know about, like, you know, it's like, well, I live up here or, so that, it worked out yeah. and it yeah. fits yeah. us and what we're, you know, what we're all about. So, yeah, it ended up, you know, it's like one of those stories of uh, what was a setback that ended up being propelling you to the next thing. And actually yeah. it was a blessing in disguise because we, you know, we were so attached to that holidays brewing because that's what we always had been. But this worked out way better for our story yeah. and for our brand and um, just for where we were in doing this. Such an awesome yeah. homage to Michigan too. Just yeah. like yeah. a cool concept. Yeah. You hear it and you're like, oh, hand map. You're like, oh yeah, Michigan, duh. Like, uh, yeah, does that. So, yeah. so <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I mean, how did the um, how did the location search go? Was that um, you know was there other spots you were looking at? Had you even considered not being in Battle Creek, or was that like we're 100 percent going to be in Battle Creek? We just need to find the location for it. I mean, we. Do we would do searches all over Michigan? I mean, we knew we wanted to be back in Michigan, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we primarily looked at spaces here. We actually were gonna at one point try to do it where we live. We live in Emmett Township, which is you know it's like five miles from here. Um, we had talked about doing it there, um, but there were a lot of restrictions. You know, there's no water there yet brought down, and no sewers and things like that. So it was kind of prohibitive in that respect yeah we couldn't make would that have been costly more more costly yeah. i think to, to to do it even though it, the space is closer to the highway it's mm-hmm. it's um be a good spot but it just mm-hmm. didn't make sense and this opportunity came up because the downtown area was looking to like i don't know put in some new businesses and try to revitalize and bring manufacturing and other businesses to town and and i think like a lot of business models for that, you know, revitalizing towns, they look for things to do. Like, what can we put downtown that excites people about coming or bringing business so that their workers have places to go and um, breweries come to mind, right? They, you see a lot of that happening and you put a brewery somewhere and then people just kind (laughs) of, yeah. So uh, that was, it was presented, you know, that they were looking for breweries to come to Battle Creek and, we weren't really looking to come downtown at the time, but um, I think I think that when it was presented as an opportunity, we were like, well, you know, yeah, maybe we could do it down there. And then, you know, we went and through the whole process and it started making more sense for us. And I mean, honestly, this is, you guys are looking, can see out the window, hopefully from where you're at, but um, it's a beautiful space. Yeah, um, it really is. Kellogg's yeah. corporate headquarters is right there and everything's kind of really well taken care of the rivers here. and now with like the social district and some other things, it's people are starting to use the downtown a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a cool spot too. Like the just the aesthetic of, you know, the the bricks and you know with the wood beams and stuff like that. It's such a cool look yeah. to it too, and well taken care of for being 118 years old. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I'm probably I'm sure there was probably. Hiccups. Oh, we got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked very different. <laughs> um. So we'll do another time warp here to um, September 7th of 2019 when you guys did your mug release party. Um, that was out at a, was it a country club? Uh, at our Squirrel Hollow, which is our friend's okay. golf course. Nice. So, yeah. so how was that? That was the day everyone was able to come get like their mug, right? Yeah. That was the first time. Yeah. Well, they ordered them. Basically, it was like a pre-sale. We hadn't, obviously, we weren't open yet. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we couldn't, we couldn't like, which is really, really weird if you think about it, because so many people were interested. We sold so many without question. So many people were so willing to spend money without ever trying any beer. And I had people <laughs> say, why would I buy a mug? You know, if I've never had your beer and I go, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't, you're not going to break my heart if you don't buy one because <laughs> I want you to be happy regardless. And if you want to wait until the next time, that's fine too. Um, but we just weren't set up to where we could do it. We we didn't have the facility yet. We couldn't brew yet. We couldn't, you know, licensing wasn't quite where it needed to be. So mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of interest. And since then, you know, we've done kind of a different rollout for the next wave of mugs. And we've sold, you know, three up to this date, 325. So nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
it's been it's been uh, it's been fun getting to know all these people too. Yeah, it has. You know, I think that's the, the 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 big key is like how many relationships get built, and then those people meet other people, and so it's just been fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that first that on that September seventh date that was pretty exciting for us. It was, I mean, we had such great support from the community. Like we said, they'd never, I mean, our friends had tried our beer and yeah, um, some people, but nobody, nobody had. They were just so excited that a brewery was coming and they knew Chris's background and they were willing to put out for a mug before we even opened. And then little did they know they were really putting it out way before we could open <laughs> of the delay in opening. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like you're, the first time you know, you guys are really putting yourself out there to see how the community reacts. To right. It. And so do you guys remember how many mugs were we sold? We sold that 120 day? that wow. night. Yeah. And wow. then we yeah. sold the other, all pretty much the rest of them right, at, you know, we, then we sold more before we opened. And then as soon as we opened, we sold, we had 200 to start with. So gotcha. they were sold okay. right, right when we opened. And then we did another round over Christmas and we sold another 125. So we're at 325 right now. With awesome. A, that's really cool. With another 300 coming. <laughs> so. Awesome. So November 2nd was the brew house day. That's when that system arrives. Was that yeah. like all you can dream of Christmas morning? <laughs> yeah. It's, it is kind of. It's also. Um, it was then you got to go work and install it, right? <laughs> you got to get it inside, right? Like there's some there's stress and, and uh, you know, risk and reward, right? It's like uh, super excited. But then it's in the parking lot and you got to figure out what you got to do to get it inside. And um, we have kind of a unique little space to, to kind of like get things in our little dock area. And so, uh, but yeah, we pretty quickly got it, you know, within a few weeks, got that thing ready to go. And um, we were ready to brew by, I think it was like January. Yeah, yeah January 3rd. Yeah, third it was batch yeah. one. What, do you remember what was the batch? It was yeah. uh, train stop. Train stop. Okay. So um, we probably will get a little taste of that later. But so it was a gravity yeah. test beer. Uh, I built a recipe based on it not turning out, uh, but thought, well, I'll make it interesting enough that if it does, I mean, not turning out, I shouldn't say that. I made it a simple beer. I was shooting for like 5% so that I could just check all the numbers, check the boxes. And, um, but I had a really unique um, opportunity to, to obtain some hops that, uh, I had never used, but they came from Goose Island, and oh, nice. they oh, were cool. throwing them all away because they needed room. And um, the guy who I worked with at Goose closely, um, Austin, he he called me and said, "Hey, you know, would you have any interest in in these hops? Because they're just going to pitch them." And I said, "Yeah, maybe I can do something with them." So I put them in this pale ale, basically, um, and it's one of the coolest beers we have. And I have to believe that based on the volume of hops that that they were getting rid of, that would be like a one brew hop. <laughs> and now I can make, you know, we're talking multiple, you know, like yeah. a year's worth of, of this beer <laughs> or more. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's really interesting and I would, I would continue to buy it. It's, um, it's a really kind of orange tangerine, almost like apricot component. And it all comes from the hops. Everything else is wow. just a sim simple uh, recipe. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to try that here at yeah. some yeah, point. Definitely. So. Yeah, that was a fun day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then March 17th, you know, St. Patrick's Day should be everyone's favorite holiday of the year. But that's when you guys had the soft open plan. But then everyone's favorite monkey wrench comes into play <laughs> and COVID hits. You know, what yeah. was, you know, because you guys were set for soft opening and grand opening and all these plans. And all of a sudden it's, hey, everything's locked down. You can't see anybody. You can't talk to anybody, you know, anything like that. What was... Um, you know, I think everyone can expect the reaction you guys had, but what was, you know, what was the thought process there like? I mean, we were, yeah, obviously pretty disappointed. We were in here on that Sunday before doing the final cleaning and we had, you know, rushed all these things to get finished up, like getting our glassware here and, um, just, there were so many loose ends to get tied up and we were, had gone through all of that and we were doing the final cleaning and on that Sunday, Things were just not looking good, so we made the decision, like on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. um, to just say we're going to not open for a couple weeks to see what happens, thinking it would just be a couple weeks, and then the <laughs> shutdown happened that next day, so obviously nobody could be yeah be open, and then we just, I mean, 
we it was kind of weird we continued to make beer but we didn't even, you know at that time you didn't even know if really you were allowed to come in here or not, <laughs> or not. Right, you know it was yeah. like stay at home order <laughs> but we were kind of essential but we weren't really open so it was a weird weird time but um pretty quickly chris shifted and he bought some canning equipment and we went down that route of starting to can yeah can which, beer. which is a great idea to just still really you know, get your yeah. beer out if you can't come home you know i think sales like skyrocketed for all canned beer and and all that kind of stuff too so that was an awesome adaptation to go hey if we can't bring people in let's can it and get people you know to get the beer otherwise yeah yeah and i mean we were fortunate because a lot of people were excited so we were well supported and um we got to also meet a lot of great people you know we would run these sales in the morning on saturday and then we would get them all out to people we'd take them out curbside and um, it was just fun. It was a fun it little was. thing to do. It was it was a little bit of work, you know, um, in the sense of learning how to how to apply. Um, like we weren't expecting to to have to sell beer that way, right? But um, but we we managed it pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. A little nerve wracking to put the beer out for the first time in cans. Um, yeah, you know, without the experience of coming to the brewery, and um, mm. you know, that's part of what we had built was kind of the experience of having your beer and it's a pint sitting at the bar and um, mm-hmm. so we put it out but it really was crazy how much beer we sold and you guys sold out the first time yeah we put it out right so it went out uh what april 10th and then sold out the next day <laughs> yeah we sold oh, wow. out quickly yeah and it was it was like uh i mean the first go around i think we did six barrels mm-hmm. and we sold that out and then the next week we did like seven barrels and we sold that out and wow Wow. So we were we okay. were pushing a lot. I mean, and it was it was it's, you know canning the way we were canning beer is is was some work, yeah. but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we had a lot yeah, of we fun had a doing really it, so. small group of people of friends, uh, volunteers, and yeah. uh, we didn't we couldn't just cool. let everybody. So it was people that were like hanging out that were not going anywhere else, and we kind of you know had a tracer on everybody. Like, okay, you didn't go anywhere, did you? <laughs> at that point, we were all freaked out. Like. Did you wash your clothes when you went inside? Did you, you know, and then, yeah. you know, do you know anybody who has COVID? No, no one has COVID. I don't know anybody. It's like now it's, you know, it's changed so much that yeah, we've learned yeah. so much about it that that's um, <laughs> yeah, just funny to think back on how freaked out we were. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like the antibacterial uh, soap to put in the dish, like the yeah. uh, washer and dryer, yeah. the, you know, yeah. like <laughs> the sanitize your clothes and stuff. It was yeah. crazy. Put them in a bag when you walk inside. Right, yeah. 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 Changing the garage before yeah. you sell inside. Uh, yeah. Looking back on those times, though, even as, as hard as it was, it is we have great memories of that because it was just it was a just a unique. We never would have had that experience. No, <laughs> obviously, yeah. no, we not no, shut no. down and yeah. to see we have videos. Our friends sent us a video one day. Of, I mean, there were cars lined up around the block like a drive-through oh, wow. coming coming to pick up beer. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was different, but it was yeah. it was uh, definitely memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt, you remember for memory us your life. <laughs> Great memories, hopefully ones we never have to relive again. So. Oh, absolutely, right. yeah. 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 Um, we always like to ask a funny question, um, usually at the beginning, but this time we'll do it time towards the end. What's um? Do you guys remember your first beer, first beer ever? First taste oh, of beer. Oh yeah, yeah. For oh, my first taste of beer. Uh, no, I don't remember that because I was pretty young. Back in our day, it was probably at the bowling alley. My mom, I don't know. I, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus here. No one's alive anyway. So These are not incriminating. But, yeah. Like, yeah. My first taste of what I consider to be, you know, like beer, I'm sure was a domestic lager, Budweiser or something, yeah. you know, probably. But it wasn't until I actually drank uh soul sun from bells that i realized like this is way different than anything i've ever tasted i've never yeah. tasted it. and i used to take it to parties 22 ounce bombers of it and you know yeah. not in the plastic or the paper bag like you know the old malt liquor but i used to take it to parties and people would ask what are you drinking i'm like i have no idea but it's really <laughs> good <laughs> there you go this has got flavor and it doesn't taste like the other beers and um i think that was like a game changer for me you know that's that, crazy that that's my whole mine was oberon that's cool yeah yeah and my memories are i was at western um in the late 80s early 90s um thank you and 
remember you know going there and just sitting at that little makeshift bar they had in the in their first <laughs> tap room with my friends and, and drinking that and like wow this is really good so different than like a bud light or whatever we were yeah. drinking at the yeah. time that's cool do you guys have a favorite michigan beer wow um I don't know. I'll let you answer the next question first. is what your favorite beer is from the brewery here. But if you had to go yeah. out of state or something like that. I mean, I love Bell's, all Bell stuff. I like Oddside. Um, I don't know. I like, There's I'm an so IPA person, so I like pretty much anything <laughs> IPA-ish. It's so hard because beers do change, and sometimes it's beers change, and sometimes you change. Yes. You know, and things are going to yeah. change because commodities, you know, grains and, like, heart, things change by year. Um, I was a big Red's Rye fan for a long time. Okay. Um, I loved the uh, Arcadia's IPA back in the day when you know I first started drinking. Like that was like my first uh, introduction to IPA, um, and I then that was a whole nother level of like, whoa, what is this? This has got yeah. even more flavor and hops and um, <laughs> hops are great. You know, like I mean that's you've have this love relationship with hops that you never, you know, experienced before. Um, and some of those beers have changed, you know, um, I, I don't have a favorite, I, I guess maybe favorite style of beer. You know, sure. I, I tend to gravitate more towards, um, hops in general, um, clean, you know, low, yeah. lower ABV beers, uh, pale ales and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, my palate jumps around. I love a good stout and, um, Flemish you know, sour. Flemish sour. That's probably <laughs> one of my favorites, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, as far as make Michigan beers though, I, I tend to, um, I used to always say there's no such thing as brand loyalty. Like those Budweiser people are dead, you know, like not really, but you know, like they're all, they're all like, that's the brand loyalty thing, right? Where you go and you just, you don't even look, you just get your thing and move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do find myself in other places. Uh, sometimes I'll look at what's on tap and I don't know for sure. And I'll just go, give me the two hearted, <laughs> right. give me, yeah. give me that. What I know is going to be, you the know, default. Yeah. and, and I think sometimes, um, that's, that's just where I'm at today, but I probably used to be more experimental. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It changes. If they let me out of the brewery, I'd know more about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> what's, um, what's the most memorable beer that you've made here? Is there one that really sticks out? Probably Otis. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I'd yeah. say Otis is probably the, it was the most, um, for me, the most challenging beer by far that I've made here. And um, I don't know if, if when you were here the other day, if you had a taste of that or not, but you guys should taste it before you leave. But if you like Belgian style, yeah. this is a Cezanne yeah. DuPont strain. Very difficult to get it to, um, you know, ferment the way that you'd like it to sometimes. Um, but it's also, it's also um, a carryover or Goose Island-esque type beer that it's, has a barrel-aged component to it, so it's blended beer. Um, so I think that that beer is probably the most complex and it pretty much, for me, it's, it's like an example of what I learned while I was at Goose Island, so. That's cool. Yeah, I just a kind of a little, little um, I don't know, experience, I guess, from, from there that I yeah. felt like was worth, worth bringing to the brewery. And it's not, not direct, directly like exactly the same, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got a lot of components to it. So. Yeah, and we went and picked up the wine casks up at Mari Vineyards up in Traverse City area. Yeah. Um, Are you guys familiar with the Oak Island people? Watch the Curse uh -uh. no. of Oak Island, the no. show on History yeah. Channel. Yeah, there's a, his brother watches that, and he was telling me all about it. Yeah, That's so funny. The, the one brother has a vineyard, Mari Vineyards, up in is it Leland? It's Leland Peninsula. Okay, yeah, it's a beautiful place. But we went up there. And I went and bought some wine casks to put this beer in and to age it on oak, uh, and and we we pitch a secondary uh, Brett strain to it so that we can you know get some character out of that and. And when I went up there, I talked to the, the, the fellows that were working there at the time. I didn't know who they were, but the one guy, he's bringing the casks out and he's, we're loading them up. And he's like, yeah, I've done some work with uh, some breweries. And I go, oh, cool, you know, and we're talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I worked with this one brewery, which I hadn't heard of. But then he goes, I worked with uh, Goose Island. 
And so that he, that he was basically saying he, he supplied casks to them. Um, and he said, yeah, it was uh, Brett Porter, which Brett Porter and I know each other. And so I text Brett and I said, he, he was the brewmaster at Goose Island uh, at one time. And uh, he's like, I hope your beer is worthy of his casks. That was his response. <laughs> oh, wow. and, and then once I talked to him a little f further about what I was doing, he's like, I did the exact same thing you're trying to do right now, but I did it in like for a, a project they call Class of 1988, which was like all those breweries that started in 1988. Um, they they basically made beers and and kind of respect to that whole thought process of them starting nice. at that time. So That's kind of cool. like a, a you know, I guess homage. A group, yeah, to the yeah, yeah. The good old days. The good old days. So, yeah. yeah so we have something similar. I had no idea going in, but um, I think the beer is pretty, pretty cool. So, very cool. Yeah, we're definitely gonna give that a shot. Yeah, without <laughs> a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Where um, where would you say like the inspirations come from for some of these beers? You know, like Toucan or the Nance. Well, the Nance came from my mom's name is Nancy, and she used to drink a lot of wine spritzers, and you know. I, I didn't really get the whole wine spritzer thing, but you know, she's passed away now and I can't ask a lot of questions. So I just have to like assume that I have a perspective of where she was at with that <laughs> at that time frame in her life. But so I wanted to make a beer that was not beer like, but more spritzer like. And so um, that's where that beer comes from. So it's basically a light lager that's uh, made with rye. I use rye in a lot of my recipes and um, then whirlpool with hibiscus. So um it's very tart and not not typically like your uh you know typical light lager but it has that little bit almost not sour but tartness to it that kind of gives it a spritzer feel mm -hmm. so um but like the toucan i mean again the people that worked in town mostly a lot of my relatives worked for the cereal companies and it's just again paying respect to those folks for like hey you know i want to i want to do something to show your efforts because, um, and you know, Kellogg's is next door. We'll probably do something with some of the other, like Post, we'll probably make a beer with some of their cereal just to, you know, spread the love, yeah. so to yeah, speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but a lot, of the, a lot of the beer styles are, you know, I think breweries have philosophies on how they brew and mine is more of a social aspect. I want to make good beer and I always say you should expect good beer no matter where you go. It's, it, it, that's just what you should expect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think that you should be able to find something that you can drink, whether you like beer or you don't. So whether that be a beer, a wine, a cider, a, a seltzer, uh, you know, because most of the time you're going to these places with friends or yeah. family and you want to enjoy yourself and if you don't like what's offered. Sometimes it's hard to go. <laughs> so I'm trying to like cover all the bases and do a very good job at, it, 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 it all of that as best I can. So what's the, what's the key to making great beer? The key to making great beer, I, you know, and I don't know if we'll just encompass consistency in that because making great yeah. beer and being consistent maybe are two different things. But I just think it's your procedures and your practices. And if you, I don't know, this, I could get way off on this one so, <laughs> and I don't want to do it, but I really think that you know you can't be lazy. You gotta you, you gotta love what you do, and you gotta you know you gotta do it each time and every time, you know. And you 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 spent the other day with me a little bit. You know yeah. how you, I think I probably showed you a little bit what I'm about. Yeah. And I think that that's what's important. I mean, I you know always say my investors are hanging up here. You know all those mug club members. There's a reason that they bought mugs, and we don't have any other like investors. It's just Jenny and I and. You know, um, I always say too that I don't want to be that brewer from Goose Island that they say, you know, he's the brewer from Goose Island that makes the really bad beer. <laughs> like, I, it's, a, it's a joke, but it's the truth. It's yeah. like, I have a re reputation to uphold. I was given an opportunity to make good beer. I was shown how to make good beer. And so I'm going to do make the best beer I can. So That's awesome. Amen yeah, to that. Definitely looking forward to trying some. <laughs> um, you know, what do you guys want the, like the legacy of, of HandMap to be? Um, you know, I mean, we want to, we obviously are committed, you know, to making the best beer we can. Um, we want to be authentic to ourselves. Um, and we want people to, to know that, that, you know, this is us and this is our brand. But I mean, I think, I think our, you know, motivation is to do something, um, in Battle Creek and, and 
you know, Battle Creek is known for Kellogg's, um, but, you know, help, help Battle Creek, help, help the downtown grow and help other businesses grow. And, you know, if we can be a part of that to bring more people downtown here and get the word out, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's something that's really important to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is, it's really tough to think about the next level of this um, when you haven't really even opened fully because we've never had a <laughs> Chris full said that open. we've had the longest soft opening in <laughs> <Ever>. history. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I have a, an aspiration or I aspire to be, you know, as, as right with the rest of the people that, you know, had the same dream, right? And you have a dream to do something like, I'm just getting started a lot later. So, um, so yeah, I would love to, to, to have a brewery um, much larger and have a much larger social impact on the area and have a destination for people to come to and understand and, and, and get to see like, um, you know, our thoughts on, on what fun's all about, you know, including good beer. So. Hopefully we can get through this and we can continue to grow it and, um, you know, we'll be around for a long time and, um, you know, hopefully I can get some, some more talent to come to Battle Creek and, and, and grow it because yeah. I have, a, I always say to the guys from Goose, even though I know that none of them will probably ever come here, it'd be just because of logistically where they're at and their life and what things are, but I said, I'm building a playground. You know, and hopefully you guys are the ones that will come play on the playground and I'll get some of those guys to come in and we'll have some fun and we'll make some really cool beers. So Yeah, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Anything else, you know, you want our listeners to know about you guys or any any final thoughts? Well, uh. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm getting ready to get my knee done. So it's yeah. all that's kind of in my brain right now. Got to get through that. Yep. Good deal. All right, everyone listening, get out here. Get out to Battle Creek. Try these beers. You won't be sorry. And you'll be a repeat customer, I guarantee it. That's about it. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks for having us. Thanks Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at MIBeerPursuit and on our website at MichiganBeerPursuit.com. If you have any feedback or any questions, make sure to hit us up at chris at michiganbeerpursuit.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, drink local and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers.